What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific time, I go over live what is actually happening when it comes to major moves for Bay Area tech companies. We look into the data as to what is actually happening in terms of prices and demand. And we also go over any sort of relevant uh, national news that might impact the local Bay Area market here. If you or anyone you know is actively searching, considering to buy, sell, or invest here in the Bay Area, I'd love to be introduced to be able to help you every step of the way. As you may see, the election is over. So for those that are on the fence, that's not an excuse anymore. Time is up. Let's get going. Uh, but without further ado, let's get going with some of our news as well. So one of the big news is, as I mentioned, it's very important to watch and understand what are the big tech companies doing? At least that gives you an idea of what is happening when it comes to commercial real estate, especially here in the southern part of the Bay Area. Facebook expands again in Fremont as big tech lifts real estate market. Uh, Facebook on Tuesday said it had at least another 115,000 square feet at in basically Fremont Newark site, which is basically uh, following their total of 230,000 square feet at the two neighboring locations. This houses about 1,500 uh, employees, uh, at least in the past. So for those that, you, that know about how Facebook actually grows, as many of you know, Facebook has their large, massive corporate campus out in Menlo Park. And as you can imagine, right across the bridge is Newark uh, off of Dumbarton Bridge. And so they have many people that they continue to expand there. If you understand how Facebook's laid out, though, Traditionally in the past, the engineering talents and the developers are all kind of in the Menlo Park campus area. You have the Burlingame location, which is where Oculus is. So they're AR, VR, kind of uh, all their engineers and, and talent are in that potentially new office. It's just three massive buildings right next to the highway. However, in Fremont, they continue to expand and add people that, that goes that, that, that works there. Mostly it's like operations people from what I've seen. Uh, I've been on campus for all those campuses. I've seen them all. And so I know kind of how these companies are growing and where they're growing and why they're growing a certain way. So they're not, um, the, the individuals there are not the, as high earners as the engineers and data scientists out in Menlo Park. However, still there may be an option now that that may be a flex workspace, but there's also fantastic talent of course that is expanding there. So really interesting to see, as I mentioned before, these big tech companies are seeing this as a very, very rare opportunity where a lot of companies are moving uh, or just not leasing as much because they're uncertain about their future. But for Facebook, Google, uh, Amazon, they're looking at this like, man, this is a perfect opportunity. Let's lock this in really low rates. These developers and these uh, commercial business owners are willing to cut something out. But it also gives you an idea like these big tech companies are actually more rooted, as you can see here in the Bay Area, versus as you see momentarily, you know, you look at Dropbox and Glassdoor. I mean, these guys are just running from the hills for the hills, right? I mean, they have massive spaces. They had all these plans of, you know, look at this beautiful space that they had, which is 472,000 square feet of space in Mission Bay, like brand new. And, and, you know, they're subleasing it all. I don't know who's going to rent it per se or sublease it, but it's kind of disappointing to see like these guys, once people have the flexibility, they're just going to 
run away and, and kind of a, abandon the city. So a little bit disappointing to see some of these other younger companies, smaller companies do so. Um, but it does give you an idea like there is, you know, it's, it's a tale of two stories. In, in this case, a tale of two cities. San Francisco, a recent report that I saw, they had like 40% less revenue and yet their budget has continued to increase uh, over the years. So I think SF is going to have some challenges, uh, significant challenges, uh, even if things get better. But here in the South Bay, it seems like things are doing very well, especially how these companies are thinking and they're going to continue to expand in those areas. Really important to understand, especially as you decide kind of which area that you choose to go to go, um, you know, make an investment or to decide where you want to ultimately live. In terms of loan side, all loan types continue to experience drop in forbearance. So for those that are hoping for this massive forbearance wave, make no mistake, there will be some areas that have it. However, here in the Bay Area, the likelihood is going to be uh, much less given we're in a market that tends to be much higher in appreciation versus a lot of other markets. But if you're like an out-of-state investor, then there may be opportunities there. You know, the lower the price point, the more potential risk there is when it comes to forbearance. But if you've been banking on that here in the Bay Area, uh, it's going to be very difficult because you have to also remember, why would somebody go through forbearance? Why would somebody uh, go through foreclosure? The only way you do that if you're underwater, right? If the value of your house is less than um, uh, than what you owe. But for the most part, you're not. So if people are really in distress, they would simply just sell it and make money and then move on. So for those that are hoping some sort of discount like it was back in the meltdown, it's a very different scenario for that reason. It's just something for people to understand. You know, I've, I've been saying this a lot and it's true, right? Like there's, there are certain times where buyers and sellers agree that it's a good time to enter the housing market, whether you're looking to buy or looking to sell, because it really depends on the situation that you have. So for example, on the buy side, uh, you're locking in record low interest rates right now. And so what happens if interest rates tick up or they go higher? It's uh, your buying power is less. And remember, this is not a fluctuating interest rate for yourself. It will fluctuate from what you see on the market. But for yourself, you have the opportunity to lock in a number for at least five years with a 5-1 arm. And at most, you can do it for a 30-year fix. So it's something very important to understand. Like it's you know, it's why things are so busy. It just makes a lot of financial sense for a lot of people. On the sellers, it, it depends on their reasoning, right? If they truly believe that they can work anywhere, they may move further away. They can sell for a good profit right now, right? So if you're a seller, you can think about that. And some are uh, landlords, right? So renters have a lot of options today. They have more options than before. Pre uh, rental prices have dropped about... I would say about 12% across uh, across the board around the Bay Area, even for better properties. Um, so some of the landlords may like to say, hey, look, I don't want to keep playing in this market. Once my rent, uh, my, my renter leaves, then I'm going to go sell it. So it's a good time for them too, because at the same time, it doesn't make sense for both sides. So that's something very important to just understand. It just really depends on your time horizon. And it also depends on your situation is how people should decide whether they want to buy or sell the house. And of course, I would be happy to help either way, at least provide the guidance and the data because um, it's quite frankly an incredible time. Don't make this mistake now and cry back uh, a year later if interest rates do rise and prices do increase. 
your buying power is not the same and your monthly payment at the end of the day is most important. It's kind of a cash flow equation than anything else. So let's take a look at the data and let's see what's happening, right? So as I brought up last week, this is San, uh, sorry, let's go for San Mateo County first. This is San Mateo County. So the last couple of weeks have been really low inventory, um, lower than usual. I mean, San Mateo already doesn't have very much, but you can see at least this week has picked up a little bit, uh, but not that much. It's still lower than the previous weeks. So be aware, right? People um, that are looking at San Mateo County, just options are not as as plentiful. You also have to be ready because you look at the number of contingent and pending, it is still very high relative to the amount of new listings that are coming on a week. You can see price uh, list decrease only by 49, which is much lower than, than any other week over the last several months. So something to be aware of, things are still moving fast. You can see the November figures were already through midway of November. Um, they kind of ticked back up from what it was in October. This is single family homes in San Mateo County. So the average at this point is about $2.1 million for a single family home. Now, when it comes to townhomes, condos, looks like as of right now, the prices have dropped uh, when it comes to condos, townhomes. I suspect it's gonna be fairly normalized at the end of the month. It's just kind of what it's been. It's just things have pretty much sold for at or a little bit below um, what I've seen over the last couple of months for condos. So that's San Mateo County. Santa Clara County, uh, similar effect. As you can see, 320 new listings versus 313 last week, which is much lower than it was the previous weeks. So we are about 20% less listings that are hitting on the market. So if you thought it was hard before, it's gonna be even harder moving into the holidays. Same contingent pending is still much higher than it is when it comes to new listings a week. And when it comes to prices, I mean, look at this for single family houses. And so if you're even on the fence to sell a single family house in Santa Clara County, just look at this. this. These are record highs. These are all time record highs, right? When it comes to Santa Clara County. So I, right now, I think we're at like 1.7, 1.8. I mean, we're, it, it's been pushed up and I see it for myself. It is competitive out there, um, but it's still very doable to find the right house. You just have to, um, you just have to have the right game plan for each specific house. But you can see there is upward pressures when it comes to single family homes in Santa Clara County. Even with condos, townhomes, right? Prices have increased, uh, not a lot, but it still has increased over the last um, entire year. So right now we have approached all time highs for condos, townhomes in Santa Clara County. Alameda County, similar effect. You can see we have continued to push all time highs for Alameda County. It's been a very popular location for a lot of people, especially for those that have lived in the city for a long time or a common thread is a lot of people from San Mateo County are also moving to the East Bay um, for generally for different reasons. A bigger house, you still you still pay less, and a lot of areas in the East Bay have newer homes, and so that is a very popular option for many. Um, hence, why it's very very popular, and the prices continue to reflect that for single family houses in Alameda County. For condos, townhomes, it's been relatively flat. Um, small, slight increase, but nothing too crazy, um, nothing too crazy at this time. And the last area that I'll cover in this report is Contra Costa County. Contra Costa County is not as high as it was reported last week, because I mentioned this was a huge spike. I didn't expect that to happen if you tuned into this show last week. 
but it is still hitting record highs, right? Now, keep in mind for Contra Costa County and the last recession about 12 years ago or 10, about 10 years ago, we are, many of them are actually about that same level as it was because it's a very different effect in Contra Costa County versus uh, the other parts of the kind of core Bay Area. However, a lot of the changes are different now, right? People, it's not the crazy, uh, not the crazy environment as it was before in the sense of people just buying with really low down, fake income and things like that. But it's a very, very popular location given most of the homes out there are really big as in like, it's very easy to see over 2,500 square feet for under a million dollars. And these are all newer properties. So a lot of people say, hey, look, if I can work remote, it's still somewhat close to the BART line. Let's go ahead and look into you know that county uh, for for a property. And then if you look at condos, townhomes, that has also increased over the year, um, basically approaching, if not matched, the record highs that we have since last August. So I hope this was helpful. Of course, if you have any questions, feel free to leave it in the comments below. If you feel like anyone can take benefits of all this information related to what is actually happening when it comes to the local Bay Area marketplace, feel free to share it with your friends or reach out direct. Happy to have a conversation with, with yourself. I'm very, very fortunate. I'm working with maybe, I don't know, 20 plus buyers as we speak and various different listings are coming up on the market. So really, really amazing and, and can always help additional people go through that journey to hopefully either get into ownership, invest in property as, you know, given the low rates, I'm going to be buying another property myself uh, or uh, some people may want to sell property. So if anyone's on the fence, you look at the data, it's like I said, it's a very, very rare and unique time um, because people, it makes sense for both sides to buy and sell because at the end of the day, it just depends on your time horizon and also depends on what your cash flow situation is. And so really incredible times to see. Um, given with the election, I'll make a quick thing because I'm going to make a video in the future about what does a Biden uh, administration do for real estate. But the quick summary related to that is this. And if you, if you tuned in, unfortunately you did. My bets and my, you know, my bet is and my thesis is that I don't think much is going to change, which is good when it comes to uh, the economy, when it comes to real estate prices as well. Mainly because while the president has won uh, while it's a new uh, administration, the, there's no majority yet on the Senate. Now, of course, in um, in January, they have a runoff in Georgia. So that will be interesting. But my bet is that it's going to be voted Republican and just keep keeps it balanced. And I think what you may have seen of the election, while you hear all this news about some are on the far left, some on the far right, at the end of the day, the people voted very clearly that people won it in the middle. Like we are all Americans, we are not Democrats per se, we're not Republicans per se. Um, there are obviously people on the far ends, but a majority of people just want something balanced in the middle. And it's very, very clear for seeing that, right? And otherwise you would have seen a, a huge runoff for the Senate side, which isn't the case. And so I think everybody's aligned. Like we hope that um, the Biden administration will certainly help a lot with the way to handle COVID, but at the same time, I don't think there's going to be as many drastic changes as what they have reported. Nevertheless, I will do a, a video related to kind of what is their plan? How does it affect real estate in particular? What was Trump's plan? So you can kind of compare yourself. At the end of the day, there's no, no one's a fortune teller, but you have an idea of what they're trying to do. But my 
initial guess, given what we have seen so far, is that it's pretty much going to be what it is for the next two years, which means, um, you know, I'm very bullish on assets over that period because rates are going to still stay at hopefully very low figures, at least the Fed level rates. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, hopefully you appreciate those insights. Of course, any questions, let me know anytime. Stay warm and have a nice weekend. Bye now. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade-up for a bigger home, or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.